A rock, a storm, and a parable. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. David, it's so good to open our Bibles together. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the parables, one of those stories with deeper meanings that Jesus told. And I'm looking forward to that. But I know in this parable, we're going to be talking about a house and a storm. Reminds me of one time when our boys were younger and we went camping. This was back years ago. We were camping in Custer State Park in South Dakota in the U.S. And it was a lot of fun. And we had our family tent. And during the day, the weather kind of changed. The temperature changed abruptly. And that night, a storm rolled in. And our tent was just bellowing in the high winds and the rain. I remember that feeling of, wow, will our tent actually make it through this storm with these three young children? Are we going to make it? We could hear the tent pegs popping and it was getting scary, but I was so glad when morning came. But I knew that I was scared because we really had no foundation to that tent. It was just plopped on top of the ground. Anyone knows that a strong house, a strong building, a strong structure needs to sit on something strong, a good foundation. Jesus knew that, and he knew the people around him would understand if he told a story about that. That is right. Our discussion today comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. It's a short section, so we're going to read it and then make our comments about it. I'll start out, and these are the words Jesus said in his story, in his parable. Everyone who hears these things I say and obeys them is like a wise man. The wise man built his house on rock. It rained hard, and the water rose. The winds blew and hit that house. But the house did not fall. Because the house was built on rock. But the person who hears the things I teach and does not obey them is like a foolish man. The foolish man built his house on sand. It rained hard. The water rose and the winds blew and hit that house. And the house fell with a big crash. When Jesus finished saying these things, the people were amazed at his teaching. Jesus did not teach like their teachers of the law. He taught like a person who had authority. You may be familiar with this story. It's one of Jesus's most well-known parables. There's a children's song, the wise man built his house on the rock. And in fact, our grandson, that's his favorite song. But this parable is at the very conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. It's it's simple parable, but it's very profound. It's very powerful. And it contrasts two ways of how we can respond to Jesus' teaching in the sermon. We can respond as a wise person, or we can respond as a foolish person. 
Jesus had been saying a lot during that Sermon on the Mount, many wise sayings, many important things, and he didn't want the hearers just to hear them and then just go by the by. He did want them to go to the heart. He wanted the people to take action and obey these things because he knew that his followers would have strong faith, strong lives if they obeyed the Word of God. And if they didn't obey the Word of God, they would not very well in the storms that would come their way because whether we're listening or not, whether we're good or bad, storms will come our way. Jesus knew this. And that's the given, isn't it? It's not if storms will come. They are coming. Is our foundation to be strong enough to withstand them or not? I think we get confused by that sometimes. I do. When it seems like everything's going wrong in my life, that bad things are happening to me or to those I love, and sometimes I can think wrongly that God does not care, but He does care. Because we have storms, that doesn't mean God does not care. This is part of life. This is part of living. And he knows exactly what it takes to stand up in those storms. Hearing his word and obeying is the key. There's two houses don't represent good and bad construction, but wise and foolish choices of location. The foolish man built his house just as well as the wise man did. But he made the incredibly foolish mistake of building his house on sand. Now, probably what Jesus is referring to when he says built his house on sand, he's probably referring to all these wadis. And wadi is just a dry riverbed in that part of the world. And they're dry most of the time and and the ground looks firm. But when there are sudden outbursts and downpours of rain, which could occur any time, these wadis filled with water and they just sweep everything away. So that's probably what he's referring to. And so you might be thinking, well, why would anyone build there? Well, he's a foolish man. Of course you wouldn't build there, but a foolish person would. But that's the whole point. This is a story. This is a parable. He's telling this story that everyone would understand and everyone would think, oh, that's wise. Oh, that's foolish. They'd immediately understand that story. But he doesn't want them to spend their time trying to figure that out. He wants them to be thinking about the deeper meaning of what he's saying. Yeah, but it's easy for us to recognize that what a foolish person, no one would do that. Then we're to think, well, wait a second, am I wise or foolish in listening to Jesus and doing what he says or not? If we think that the man building his house on sand is foolish, then we should be thinking about not just hearing Jesus, but not doing what he says, that's just as foolish. And wow, can't we be guilty of that? You would think, how foolish, but how many times have I been foolish? Mm. I feel like this is saying hearing and obeying. The hearing is so important because this is sort of like, do you really hear me? Are you really listening to what I'm saying? All of those teachings in the sermon were important, but they weren't just words. Jesus wanted those to go to the heart. 
And then those become actions in how we live our lives and how we treat other people, how we treat our families, how we treat our communities. All of the things in that sermon come out in life if we're living that sermon and we are living God's way, that is a strong foundation. It's a very strong foundation, and not only is a strong foundation for our lives individually, but it's also a strong foundation for communities that are following Jesus and building a strong community together. These words, wise and foolish, we understand what they mean generally, and they're favorite words in the Gospel of Matthew. The word wise is used seven times in the Gospel. The word foolish is used six times. And a wise person is one who is sensible, one who is prudent, one who knows what is right, and he does it, one who knows the right action to take, and he takes it. And the foolish person is not the ignorant person. The foolish person is the one who may know what is right, or the right course of action to take, but he doesn't act on it, or he doesn't, or he does something else instead. We need to be the wise person, the person who knows what is right, and do it. I'm just thinking, David, about this, the setting here, and how they would have heard all of this teaching. And the underlying factor here to me is that the choice is theirs. Jesus is leaving this to the free will of each of us, each person who hears the Word of God. We have to make a choice. We choose how we will go on to build and to build our lives. And that in itself is a responsibility. There's a part for me in this that I need to make sure I'm building It's not just sitting around waiting for God to bless me. It's actually listening and doing so that I'm ready for anything that life sends my way. Yeah, listening to Jesus and obeying him is what we all want to do, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. I mean, just living out the teachings of Jesus in the sermon is not easy, but it's the wise thing to do because it is what will make our lives meaningful and powerful and strong and right. And we can withstand the things that happen in life. It won't prevent these things from happening, but it can help us withstand and come through the storms in life. And that's why it's important. I'm faced with a choice when I read the sermon or I listen to Jesus and his words. Do I do what Jesus says, even though it may not be the easiest thing to do, or do I do it my way? If I look back when I do it my way, it's not the best way at all. It, it just makes things worse. Jesus says to do it his way, to live life his way. And that's the true life. If we live life the way of Jesus, that's the wise choice. And when the storms do come, I won't crash. That rock is so important because, like you said, each of these men built And I might do a lot of great things in my life. I might work really hard, do a lot of good things. But in the end, if that life is not built on Jesus and the words he says, all of that work is really for nothing. So Jesus finishes his sermon with this parable, very powerful and simple parable. 
And then the crowds who were there who were listening were amazed at what they had just heard. And it's not because of Jesus's eloquence. That's not what amazed them. Or it's not that he was teaching something new, because most of the things in there are not new as such. But because of the way he taught, he didn't teach like the rabbis who always depended on other sources of authority, such as the great past teachers or tradition or anything like that. Jesus appealed to his own authority, and that's what amazed the people. He just had a different way about him. And we should be amazed as well when we read the sermon or any other teaching of Jesus in the Scripture. And isn't it so amazing, the, the most simple parable, this simple story. It really is simple in the one sense, but there are layers and layers and layers to think about and dwell on for years in thinking about what this means. David, when you're teaching adults, how will you bring that to the front? I'm trying to think, would you start by singing the kid's song, A Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock? (laughs) Sure, why not? (laughs) I think you should. Go for it. Well, after we sing the Wise Man Built His House on the Rock song in the class, one thing I would do is go through and choose a few of the teachings of Jesus in the sermon. There's quite a few. And just ask the class to think about how, if they did this teaching, how would that make their lives stronger? or richer, or better? And how, by not doing it, how can that actually make them weaker so that when the storms of life do come, we don't withstand, we, we crash? What kind of example would you mean by that, David? Let's see. For example, you know, Jesus says, and he spends a lot of time in chapter 6 by talking about do not worry. Do not worry about your life, he says, what you shall eat, what you shall wear, those common things that we need. And then he goes on and talks about how God actually provides for his creation. And he says, instead, seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness. If you really hear those words of Jesus, if I do not worry in life, but seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first, how will that help me to be a strong person? How will that enrich my life to protect me from the storms that will come in life? But if I spend all my time worrying about everything and being distracted by the things in life, how will that make my life weaker? And when storms come, how will that not help me at all? And so they end up crashing. I'm just thinking, David, of maybe losing losing my job. If I were to lose my job, I mean, that's a storm for sure in in my life if, if that happened. So... If I was casting my anxieties God's way, if I was letting God handle those things, if I was not being anxious over that, but knowing that God will take care of me, God will take care of my family, I can see how that strength, that strong foundation would get me through that very difficult time. It it wouldn't take it away, but building on that foundation would be a strength. But on the other hand, I can see what you mean, because if I were to just continually worry about that, that crash could come in the form of depression, anger, frustration, 
all of these different things, all these different ways to crash, all because I'm not just hearing those words and also putting them into practice. Yeah, thank you for that example. And hearing and obeying the words of Jesus are not always the easy thing to do, but is the right thing to do. So another variation on this, instead of just having the class together do this, you can divide the class up into smaller groups and then just give each group a couple of teachings of Jesus and the sermon to talk about in the same way. So you can have smaller groups do this. And so when you say the sermon, those are chapters? So yes, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the Gospel of Matthew. That's the Sermon on the Mount. So you would just take, kind of pick and choose a few of those that might relate to your class. Right. Well, that's a really good one. That would be great in the adult class. Well, how about children besides singing the song? What can you do in the children's class that will help them understand what Jesus is saying and help and encourage them to to do what Jesus says? Well, I think especially smaller children are probably not going to be able to discern that this is a story, a parable. They're probably going to see this as just another thing that happened. So do keep that in mind and be patient with that. You can't force them to do that. Their development is having a hard time between the literal and the figurative. So be patient with that, I'd say. But yeah, I think I'd want them to think about sand and rocks. So maybe I'd bring some sand to class and a rock and do some experiments, like try some different things, apply pressure to sand, put something heavy on it, and then try putting something heavy on a rock. How do each of those things react? Might either blow on that sand and blow on that rock or or have a fan and blow that? What happens? Let them experiment a little and see what's different about a rock and sand and then water, just pouring water on them. What happens? Sand moves. The rock stays firm. And so just by doing those simple experiments, it's fun. And it also helps lead into that idea of how foolish it was for this man to build a house on that sand and how foolish it is for us to think that we don't live according to God's way. And don't listen to what Jesus had to say. Another fun thing to do to help bring home the idea, it's not just hearing. It's hearing and obeying, hearing and action. I have done this before. I'll bring a a candy bar, like a chocolate bar, and put it on the table. And then right beside that, I'll put a Bible. And we'll look at both and The kids automatically think they know what I'm going to say. So they're going to say, oh, yeah, this is better than chocolate and all of these things. But that's not where I'm going with this exercise. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the chocolate bar and I'm just going to read all of the small print on that chocolate bar. And I think I would take my time because I want them to be really curious about what in the world I'm doing. So I'd read the what kind of chocolate it is, the ingredients, how many grams, carbohydrates, salt content, the table, all of those things on that chocolate bar. And then I just put it down and I'd say, okay, we don't need that chocolate bar anymore. We've read everything. And I want to hear their reaction. It's like, of course, they don't want to just read that chocolate bar wrapper. They really want to eat it. So I said, okay, well, just a minute. And so then I would take my Bible and maybe read a couple of verses, maybe read the verses 
from today's story. And then I would put my Bible down. And I'd say, well, we read it. We've got everything we need. I want the children to think about that parallel in their mind that that chocolate, it's not good enough to read the wrapper. We want to eat it. And the Bible, it's not good enough just to read those words, just to hear those words. We want to live it. And so I just use that example to bring that home to the children. And then we, of course, are going to eat that chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, this is one of those stories, I think, because it is a story and Jesus knows. He is the master storyteller. He knows how to tell a story. So the children get this. They can picture this happening, the houses, the storm, the house crashing and all of that. And then we just go on to talk about that, what that means. So I love telling the parables in that sense. Again, I'm just struck, though, David, by how Jesus takes everyday events, everyday objects, things that people see every day. They see houses, they see rocks and sand, and he takes that and he uses what people know He meets them where they're at, and he goes on to talk about deeper truths. And that's what I want to do when I teach children. I want to meet them where they're at. They're children. They don't understand everything adults understand, and they can't yet developmentally. But I'm going to take where they're at and from there draw them to Jesus. You're right, Mary. Jesus is this master teacher. And I want to be this kind of teacher, too. And I know you do, too. May God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children. 